0: or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
1: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. I don't know. It was a great WBC, and it's made me ready to talk some baseball. So let's do it. We're going to talk Tampa Bay Rays today and, uh, further breaking down the AL East. So we're going to bring on Neil Solon's. He is the play by play guy for the Tampa Bay Rays and hosts the Tampa Bay Rays podcast, uh, each and every, well, I don't know how often it comes out, but, uh, search the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So Neil, here's my take on the race every single year. I bet on them to win the AL East because you always get a great number. And this is a race team that is constantly undervalued. Obviously that bet did not come home last year, but do you think this is a race team that once again is kind of creeping up in the shadows?
0: I think probably a little bit, Chelsea. And I appreciate you guys having me on. I think that um generally this team seems to perform at its best when people are underestimating them and I think probably more so this year. I mean, you look the Yankees won the division by a fairly comfortable margin last year. Everybody's talking about Toronto because of the changes they made. But the race and still made the playoffs for a fourth year and kept that core largely probably more more so than previous years. So, you know, I think this is going to be a postseason team. I still think this is the best division in the sport. So and probably one of the best divisions in any sport. So it's going to be extremely competitive. Um, but I expect this to be as long as it's healthy, it's easy to compete for a division.
2: Neil, how, how do you expect this pitching staff to perform? McClanahan was great last year. Now, Glasnow is coming back fully healthy. They picked up Eflin. Like, this this pitching staff's looking really, really good for Tampa. What are your expectations?
0: You know, the Rays are always going to be built on pitching and defense. Um, and I, I think that this group, even though I think the, the offense is going to be much better than last year, I think that the pitching and defense side is going to be no different. And it begins with your rotation. And you know, even though I, I think they do have a little more depth to other things. Like, Jeffrey Springs is a guy who had a great year uh, behind McClanahan and, and Drew Rasmussen and probably a little bit largely under the shadows a little bit, but they, the Rays signed him to an extension because they really believe um, he's going to pitch like a frontline guy, and I think with him and the addition of Zach Eflin and, you know, Tyler Glassnow actually will be down for a little bit because of an oblique issue. He suffered early in camp, but with Guys like Yanni Chirinos and Luis Patino, who they got in the Blake Snell deal a couple of years ago, I think there's the depth to weather that where last year when they had a couple of injuries to the rotation, I think it was a lot harder and they really had to grind through. I think they're going to put themselves in a better spot this year.
1: All right. So we were just talking about the WBC and man, Randy or is so much fun to watch Uh, and a, a lightning rod for Team Mexico. And I was thinking to myself, do you think this is an advantage for position players who play in the WBC who get these at bats that have so much pressure packed into the moment? Do you think this is a great springboard for guys like Randy or Rosarena?
0: I I hope so. I think so. You know, I I think it may be like he seems to always, you know, get up for the moment, right? I mean, you remember his Mm -hmm. October in the 2020 World Series and, you know, it's playoff Randy, and here we had, you know, WBC Randy. I do think it's hard to play at that intensity level for 162 games of a regular season. You know, it's it's not conceivable, but the Rays had 12 players in their organization play in the WBC, and, and one in particular was Francisco Mejia, one of our catchers who was with Team Dominican Republic, and he came back and said... I'm not going to be nervous anymore because I've, I've never had to deal with anything quite like that. And he, most of the players, I, I actually, to a man, nobody has told me that it's been less than a playoff game. They thought it was more than a playoff game. And a lot of these guys have played in World Series games before. So I think it will help them in big moments, whether it's in New York, whether it's in Boston, whether it's in Toronto, whether it's hopefully in the postseason this year. I think those moments will allow them to relax. And I think it can only help the group grow, you know, as far as Randy, you know, I I think he wants to believe it or not improve on what he did a year ago. And I think he's certainly capable. I don't know that he can play at that intensity level for for six months, um, but if he can even raise it up another notch, um, it just helps take this team to another level
2: seems like the Rays always have a guy every year, much like Reina, I feel like it was Brandon Lowe a couple of years ago who just kind of breaks down to the scene. And that's what the Rays organization is so good at. When you look at the farm system or maybe a guy that's already on the opening day roster, who isn't a big name to people now, but you think by the season's end could be a breakout player for the Rays this year.
0: So I think there's probably a few. I think, You know, even though we always talk about pitching with the Rays, I do think the position player depth uh, and the young position players that I've seen in camp are are a lot better than I've seen in recent years. Is there a player to the level of a Wander Franco or a Randy? I'm not sure. I think that Josh Lowe um, has a chance to, to break out. I think they were hoping for that last year when they traded Austin Meadows. But then I also think there are a couple of guys on the position player side whether it's Curtis Mead, a young player from Australia, or Kyle Manzardo, who was the minor league player of the year in the system a season ago, both those guys will start the year at AAA, and I think both have a chance to help. And then I think they've been really good at finding relievers who suddenly you know, take a big jump. Jason Adam with Team USA um, is a great example of that. And there's a, a right-hander, Calvin Fauche, who throws mid-upper 90s with a big curveball, who made his big league debut last year, but I think watching him in camp, he looks and seems conversationally like a different guy, Um, and I think he has a chance to really take a big jump in in the bullpen.
2: Presented by
0: T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Yeah, I don't know where the Rays find these guys, but it feels like left handed relievers that are like six, six grow on trees in the Rays organization. I know you have talked about the starting rotation a little bit, but let's talk about Shane McClanahan because this is a guy with plus stuff, a strikeout machine. Sometimes he doesn't go deep in games, but somebody that certainly has a very high ceiling. What do you think we see from Shane McClanahan? Do you think he actually has a shot at winning the Cy Young?
0: I do. If he makes all 30 starts, um, Chelsea, I think that that's, you know, what probably is he, he may not say it publicly, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was his goal. Um, he's a really, really driven individual. And, you know, he was asked about the changes that he made this offseason and he was very disappointed in himself that he didn't make all 30 starts. He had a little bit of a shoulder issue at the end of the year and missed like two or three. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who started the All-Star game last year. But if you look at his performance after the break, it wasn't as good as before. And his goal is to be that good for the entire season. And he came into uh, camp in even better shape than he was a year ago. He came into camp stronger um, and, and looking a whole lot more, even, even though he was very fit last year, even more fit this year. And I think he's extremely, extremely driven. You know, one of the things that he first said was, When Clayton Kershaw won a Cy Young, the next year he developed a new pitch. And his feeling is, well, why can't I be better every single year? And I think that's kind of the attitude that he takes. Um, And if he can stay on the field for 30 starts, I would not be surprised if he's in convention for the Cy Young all year.
2: Neil, I'm looking at the uh, AL MVP market here, and you were touching on Wander Franco a little bit. He's 35 to one to win it. Do you see any value with, with Franco maybe to win AL MVP potentially?
0: I think he's definitely capable of that kind of you know that kind of season. You know, he, he's from a comp standpoint. A lot of people look at him and Jose Ramirez and compare the two, and. It took Jose Ramirez a couple of years with Cleveland before he really caught on and became that guy. And I don't know when everything will click for Wander. You know, watching his at-bats in the, in the WBC for, for the DR, I, I thought his at-bats were really, really good and really, really mature. Um, you know, and I think that if you look at what happened to him last year, he had a hamstring injury early in the season. Before that, he was playing great. But then he broke his handmade bone in July when it seemed like he was just starting to figure it out. Um, and again, it comes down to health with him. Um, you know, he never really had to deal with injury. And, and chatting with our, our bench coach, who's also from the Dominican Republic, Rodney Linares, I think the feeling was, is that you know, Wander is still very, very young. He's in his early 20s. He's extremely proud. Um, and he was almost, I wouldn't say embarrassed, but it, the, the season he had last year was not up to his standard and probably not what up to the race we're hoping or expecting of him. So I think that he came into camp, you know, really, really determined to make sure that this is a better year and he looked really good defensively. His, his, bats have been extremely good, much better from the left side so far. So I'm hopeful he's going to have a really good year. Is it an MVP year? I don't know if he's ready to take that jump. If he does, obviously that means this team will be in division contention um, and world series contention all year long.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the ceiling for this race team right now. The projections from the sports books are the Rays are plus 325 to win the AL East. That is behind the Yankees and the Blue Jays and their win total is set at 88 and a half, which isn't super low. What do you think the ceiling is for this race team?
0: Well, I mean, last year they they had what the most they were among the three or four most injured teams in the sport and they won 86 games and and. You know, we always talk on our broadcasts, are guys a year older or a year better? And I think in this case, there are a lot of guys who I anticipate are going to be a year older and a year better. Um, If they're healthy, because remember, Wander Franco missed half of last year. Brandon Lau, who had 39 homers in, in 21, missed about half of last year with a stress reaction in his back. And Manuel Margot, who was having a terrific season the first couple months, in fact, won a Player of the Month award for the American League, you know, also missed nearly half of the year due to injury. And I think if those three guys and Randy um, and Yandy Diaz are hell play, you know, play 130 games or more, you know, I would be surprised if this isn't a 90 win ball club, because I think that core makes them takes the pressure off some of the other young players in this group and makes them a really good team. Uh, and I, I especially think it helps because remember, they're also playing a balanced schedule, you um, and you're playing 14 games against division foes instead of 19. And not to knock the other teams around either the American League or the National League, but you know I still contend that the grind of playing 76 games the last several years um, in your division, maybe, maybe you can say iron sharpens iron and it makes you better, but I also think it's really emotionally draining too. And I think you know, n- not having to play that many games in division I think will help long term.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And it's got to be emotionally draining when you have like Red Sox fans and Yankees fans that flood your home stadium when they come to town. So uh, great stuff and great insight from Neil Solons, the play-by-play voice of the Tampa Bay Rays and host of the Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Great stuff today, Neil. Thanks for joining the show.
0: You got it. Thanks for having me on.